<laughs> Welcome to Bloom Living. I am your host, Thomas DeShooter, former rock musician turned financial strategist, sharing amazing ideas from amazing people looking to up the game of life whenever we can. <laughs> yeah. Today, absolutely no different. And, uh, you know, it amazes me from week to week, though the, the stuff I'm doing right now in my life is just like winding me up and all of these uh, things come crashing into my head of what I want to talk about. And then I have to kind of limit them. Like, okay, I can't, uh, I can't jump on all of these things at once. Uh, you know, you got to, you kind of got to, you know, limit what you're going to talk about or else I'll just ramble on about stuff uh, for, um, you know, forever. But hey, here's the, here's the thing. The last week, what I've been up to is I, I've uh, I've read Profit First, uh, amazing amazing book. And let me just kill this music here. Uh, we'll just turn this down. Here we go. Yeah, nice nice fade out. Um, so I've read Profit First, fantastic, love it. Uh, business owner, highly recommend this. I'm going to be doing a lot more on the realm of Profit First uh, coming up for sure. Also, uh, continuing on with my unity studies and, you know, the, the calling I have to, to go down the ministerial path and figure out what all that looks like and how that's going to affect my life. And, uh, and, you know, this past week, some of the readings I had have just been, have just been like on the head, you know, it's been heavy duty. Uh, and I'll just, I'll just share a couple of those things. So, uh, one of the classes I'm in is, uh, is Hebrew scriptures which, uh, you know, there was a Bible in my house growing up, but I paid very little attention to it. It would all seem kind of like way off, you know, way off in the distance, didn't really get it. And also I didn't really read it to try to understand it. I would just look at it and kind of go, ah, I don't understand this. So, um, you know, when you don't understand something, you tend to, you tend to run away from it. I know that's how like school was. And maybe that's the same for you that in school there was subject you didn't really understand. And so when you don't understand something, you're kind of like you, you throw up the shield and I, I don't want anything to do with this. But anyhow, here's what I've uh, kind of unpacked a little. So the, the Hebrew scriptures, otherwise known as the Tanakh, which uh, stands for the Torah, the Navim, and the Kutuvim. And I, excuse me if my, my uh, Hebrew is terrible, it is. Uh, but one of the things I was charged with was, uh, was reading one of the prophets. And I chose Ezekiel, which was, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, the tearing down of Jerusalem and the rebuilding of Jerusalem and, and, and God speaking to Ezekiel. And anyhow, this stuff for me is fascinating just because the way I look at it all is that it's, it's an attempt by people to understand who we are, what we are, where we come from, and why we're even here, why we have the level of understanding we have on this on this planet, this plane, if you will, this dimension, this, you know, however you want to look at it. And it's fine with me, however you want to look at it. Uh, it, Why are, you know, why are we here? And, and so I kind of read these things with the, with the mindset that this is an attempt by us as humans to understand what we're up to and why we're here. And inside of that are some, some truths that, that, you know, for me, Personally, and I'll just speak personally. For me, these truths have have started to kind of go deep within, and it's fascinating to me how it's affected uh, my consciousness and what 
I want to create in my life and how I want to see my life unfold going forward. And it's, it's not a, you know, it's not from a context of, Hey, my religion's better than yours, or I need to be religious. It's none, it's none of that. It's really an understanding an attempt to understand why I'm here, what I, what my purpose is, what I want to leave as a legacy and where are my thoughts coming from and how can I, you know, to even go further on that, how can I generate the thoughts and the feelings and the emotions that I want to show up in the world with? How can I learn to manifest those or create those in a way that really has me enjoy my life from moment to moment and, and just be with whatever shows up in my life. And, and I say that without any, you know, any sort of uh, grain of salt. It, like, I get it. Stuff is going to show up in my life that's not going to be enjoyable at times, that, that is going to hurt, that's going to be painful. I've certainly had those experiences in my life. You know, certainly losing my father was one of those experiences for me, for sure. And, and those things are going to happen. And I want to be in a position where I can really handle them at the most uh, successful, and successful is not quite the right word, but to, to be able to handle them at a level that moves me through them powerfully and has me learn what I need to learn in that moment. And I think that's, that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. That's why I'm going down this road. That's why I'm doing the studies that I'm doing and I'm constantly on a mission right now to absorb more and more information, more data, bring it in and see how I can uh, relate it outward to others. You know, as I've said many times, and for those of you that that don't know me, you know, one of my deepest truths is I must uncover things. And when I uncover them, I feel this like obligation to share. <laughs> and so whether, whether people want me to share or not, that's not really the question I have. It's like, no, I'm going to share. And uh, whoever's going to, you know, want to get, get into a conversation with me about it or a discussion or listen, uh, that's great. That's fantastic. That, that's where I'm at with that. And then one of the other things that um, Leslie and I were talking about, and we had some friends over recently, and we kind of we just sort of dove into this. On, on a surface piece, which was, was also like the metaphysical understanding of the Bible and trying to interpret it in a way that isn't, um, isn't literal all the time, like isn't meaning exactly what's written, but what might be an underlying conversation or a way of approaching it that's, uh, that has a different angle on it that might be more, more relatable. And so one of the things that uh, I just started to kind of tackle, and I'm nowhere near fully dialed in on, on my feelings around this or my thoughts around this, but here's what it was is that, you know, when God created man and, uh, and God created woman, which, you know, like, Hey, take with that, whatever you want and, and look at that, however you want the idea, the metaphysical idea being is that, that man represented thought and, and, and woman represented feelings and you combine the two and we have the need for man and woman. And, it, and, you know, when I look at how my own relationship with my wife has been for, you know, and, and uh, you know, just yesterday we celebrated 19 years uh, married together, which, and it's been an incredible ride. And I, and I just, you know, the ride is still incredible. So 
thank you, Leslie, for, for being who you are and, and being with me and, uh, and sticking by my need to uncover and then share. So thank you for that. Uh, but you know, when I look at our relationship, so much of that, I can kind of go, huh, in, in this little microcosm of an experiment being my wife, Leslie, and I, that's very true. You know, I'm more of the thought guy and she is way more of the feelings gal. Like that's just the way it's been in our relationship. So, you know, again, you can look at anything however you want and you get to choose and decide. And, uh, and that's it. I'm going to, I'm going to leave that food for thought, uh, you know, share, send me any comments you want on that stuff. Don't forget. You can find me on Instagram at Thomas underscore the shooter on Instagram. And, uh, I didn't even share one of the things that I talked about today, but maybe we'll get into that with our guest because I have a great guest, uh, coming up, uh, right now I'm going to bring her in. Uh, it's Christine Lane Smith. Christine connects people with learning environments in which they are inspired and equipped to apply uh, sorry, equipped to apply the principles which will lead to success. She works with others to create environments that help people change their mindset and develop as leaders in their professional and personal lives so that they can live to their full potential and experience abundance. Christine believes that anyone who lives from a place of abundance will choose to invest in others and together we can make a difference. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Bloom Living Podcast. How are you? Well, thank you. I'm doing very well. And it's a real pleasure to be here. And where are you? I am in Waterloo, Ontario, in my home office, uh, ready to, uh, ready to uh, do this podcast thing. This is, a, uh, this is a new experience for me. I'm excited, Thomas, and it's a real privilege. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for coming on the show. And maybe I'll just preface everything with, I believe that we got connected because you reached out to me through LinkedIn and I replied back. But however, that at that point, when I replied back, I think I was, uh, I was actually on safari and I sent you a photo of uh, some, <laughs> some wild animals because that's where I was at that point in time. Uh, yeah. Is, do I have that right? Is that how we connected? Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> I'd forgotten that, but yes. Yeah. And so uh, maybe we'll start with... Uh, why you, I think you connected with me is, is you work with people on a coaching side. Is that correct? Well, I work with the John Maxwell team. The John Maxwell team is the largest leadership training organization, the fastest growing one also in the world currently. And we certify our members as teachers, speakers, trainers, and coaches. So I work with a great many <laughs> coaches. Uh -huh a great many speakers and um, have as a result, um, well, two things. One is a job that is in a phenomenal growth environment, which lines up very closely with one of my top values, which is growth. And then also I have an ever-expanding network of growth-oriented leaders. So it's pretty phenomenal. And, uh, and yes, that's the context in which I was uh, reaching out and. Uh, received your response. Yeah. And then we had a, we had a couple of phone calls. Uh, I want to, I want to look at, so, you know, I've done a little bit of research on the John Waxwell team. I've actually listened, I think to one of his, uh, he has a podcast and mm -hmm. I listened to one of his live talks on there. And, you know, I'll, I'll say right off the bat, the guy, the, the man certainly speaks a language 
that really resonates for me where, where I'm at in, in my current stage of growth and development, uh, which is an ongoing thing. What, what is it that has you attracted to that? What can you say about the John Maxwell team that really excites you? Yeah. Um, the John Maxwell team has absolutely been instrumental in my growth journey over the last seven years and has completely changed my life. Uh, that is due to the teaching of John Maxwell himself as the top leadership expert in the world, but also his faculty. He, uh, being who he is, he uh, really can commit, you know, have anybody he wants on his faculty. And um, eight years ago, when John Maxwell started the team, he was 64 years old at the time, at, at the end of a, you know, uh, well, not at the end, <laughs> at, the, uh, at a transition point in a very productive 40-year career training over 6 million leaders in every country around the world in every sector and every level, you know, from top government down to, um, to uh, lots of uh, single um, business owners, sole business owners, uh, and everything in between. And his vision was to start a team of leaders, to build a team of leaders around the world and fully resource and support them for life. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exactly what's happening. So I learned, I learned about the John Maxwell team uh, when I joined Toastmasters about six years ago, six, between six and seven years ago. I met one of the founding members of the team. We're now at about 25,000 certified members. I met one of the founding members, and um, it had only been going for a year at that time. But right away, Thomas, I saw the value that this certified coach and speaker was bringing to our community, Waterloo, Ontario, where I still live. And I just began um, organizing mastermind groups with him based on John Maxwell's material and bringing in people from my network. I was growing a business at the time with my family, started to see growth in myself, in my family, in my network, my business associates, and uh, just really got excited at that point. And then it was mm, about a year or a, a year or a year and a half into that process that he introduced me to the teaching of Paul Martinelli. Now, Paul Martinelli is the gentleman that John Maxwell chose to partner with to start the John Maxwell team. He is our president to this day. He um, is just a phenomenal teacher. I would really say a world expert, the world expert on the classic by Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, a number of the other classics uh, in the, in the personal and professional growth uh, world. And um, again, his teaching, his business partner, Roddy Galbraith, who is also on faculty with the John Maxwell team, absolutely life-changing for myself and my family. Wow. Well, that's awesome. That's, um, you know, there's nothing, uh, I know from my own experience, there's nothing like those moments uh, in life where, you know, you have something that just kind of creates uh, a shift in such a way that you can actually market. Like you can go, mm. that was the day this happened. And now, you know, I've gone this direct, like the trajectory I was on was this line here. And now I've actually ended up over here, which I had never planned on. <laughs> yes. right? right. And, and so you bring up a great book, you bring up uh, think and grow rich and you brought up mastermind. So I, I have a couple of questions cause I'm always uh, curious as heck about things. Uh, 
talk to me a little bit about your mastermind group. How does that, like, how does that work? What do you guys do? Is, do you follow a particular format? Any, any of the information you can share that you can openly share, that would be really great. Yeah, we have uh, currently actually running a mastermind that's a little bit different format than the ones I, I started a number of years ago um, with, with the coach I was just referring to. Uh, those were specific eight week, eight to 12 week uh, sessions where we would actually meet in person or remotely, depending on the, on the, um, you know, the time and the group. But we would do work through John Maxwell's material, the 15 laws of growth, the um, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership, the um, everyone communicates, few connect. Those are some of the examples at that time. Uh, now, I referred to Paul Martinelli and his teaching. The very first course I took with him, which was actually five years ago, almost exactly. And I know that because you're just talking about those defining moments. The very first day, the first, the first call of that particular course was on my, um, was on my birthday. Ah. <laughs> and and it, the course was actually given to me as a birthday present. And so it, it is indelibly marked in my mind as a very key turning point. And this past weekend, uh, well, not this past weekend, the one before was um, my birthday five years later. And I was at the first day of a turning point seminar. The turning point seminar, which is also something that Paul Martinelli and his business partner, Roddy Galbraith, offer, is the practical three-day on-site application of all that they teach through Think and Grow Rich. So this past um, January, they uh, offered their fourth online Think and Grow Rich course. They did it in a new format, and we went intensely through the chapters in the course of 16 days. There was 30,000 people enrolled in that course because wow. that's the type of reach that they're having as they change lives. So it was really exciting. I was able to do that with a small group of um, people that I was working with at the time. And we decided at the end of that to continue meeting once a week by video conference because we're all um, in different locations. And that's the mastermind group that I'm currently involved in. So we have continued working with the different chapters of the Think and Grow Rich material with the uh, teaching that uh, Paul Martinelli delivers on that and uh, continuing to learn and apply that to our lives and our businesses and to help each other as thinking partners. So that's a group of eight of us and that's the format we're following. Wow. That sounds awesome. Hey, it's Thomas here. Thanks so much for listening to the Bloom Living Podcast. We'll be right back with our guest after a word from our sponsors. Do you feel uneasy visiting a bank? Do you struggle to sit through a meeting with your financial advisor and leave having not fully understood what they were talking about? Are you blindly trusting that somebody else understands this better than you? Call Thomas the Shooter and the team at Bloom Strategies to create your financial future. Together, you will break down the game of money so that you win. Learn how to take control of your finances and make decisions based on your core values that put you in the driver's seat of your financial life. No more thinking that you don't get it. No more financial statements left unopened. And no more feeling like you are stuck in a world of scarcity. Join the conversation on Facebook at Bloom Strategies or go to bloomstrategies.com today. That's B-L-O-O-M strategies.com. 
Hey, welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Bloom Living Podcast. And now back to today's guest. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot a little. Okay. Um, because you mentioned two things that I've never heard before. So the 15 laws of growth, the 21 refutable laws of leadership. I'm not going to ask. Irrefutable. You to... <laughs> irrefutable. Ir- sorry. Irrefutable. Yes. Irrefutable. Yeah. Thank you for catching that. Irrefutable laws of leadership. I'm not going to ask you for all of them. But can you sort of give us, and our, I'm sure our, there's listeners out there that would love to know a few of them, uh, on the 15 laws of growth, like what are a couple of key things that stick with you? And maybe we can d- just dive into those a little. Yeah, I'll tell you a couple that stand out in my mind. One is the law of the mirror and the importance of self-awareness, the importance that when we look in the mirror, we actually see ourselves and not some other version that we've been taught or that we've been programmed to see or that we um, we choose to see because we're not willing to take that hard look at who are we really. So that's one of the things that John Maxwell teaches, one of the things that um, Paul and Roddy's teaching um, reinforces in my life. And actually, um, uh, just before I go on to the other one, um, that really brings to mind a, a really cool opportunity that I would like to just mention because one of the um, one of the John Maxwell certified coaches who actually lives uh, in the Toronto area, like I do, um, is offering a um, a free mastermind group, and this will be based on material um, from John Maxwell, but also his own study in uh, Think and Grow Rich, As a Man Thinketh, you know, other classics like that. And it's it's on Tuesday evenings. It's a free opportunity, 30-minute free mastermind for people to join in. They could start this, um, you know, May 28th. They can sample it, come in and out. It's, uh, it's there for people to, um, well, for Greg to add value, but for people to experience a little bit of what I've experienced and what I'm describing. And uh, just so that people listening know how to access this information, Greg DeMarco, so Greg, G-R-E-G, D-E-M-A-R-C-O, it's on LinkedIn, so he can be found on that name, or Greg at gregdemarco.com. He gave me permission to share his contact information if people would like information on how to tap into that. So that's going to be, uh, he's one of the, the coaches that has most helped me, Thomas, in the area of self-awareness and really coming to terms with, one, how hard it is because mm. there's a fear factor of really looking at ourselves, but also how incredibly valuable and uh, helpful it is. And he's really helped me on that journey. Um, so that's, that's one of the laws. Another right. one that comes to mind is the law of the rubber band. And this is what John Maxwell teaches in terms of if we're not being stretched, not much is happening. I love that. Yeah. I, I want to go back to the laws of the mirror because, um, yeah, I can't say enough about what that has done for me and continues to do and continually inspires me in the morning to get up out of bed and really dive into life is knowing myself fully. And, and what I mean by that is, is, is knowing my strengths, knowing my weaknesses, knowing what I get to love about myself. Like 
you know, that has become so evident to me in the last few years. And I was on a call recently as, as uh, I think I mentioned to you on the call we had that I'm, I'm, you know, in, uh, in training or going down the path of minister, uh, becoming a minister with unity. And I had a call with, uh, with one of the reverends who's there to support me on my journey, uh, through classes. And he said, you know, this is what he said was beautiful. He said, look, you know, don't have as the, the nugget at the end being a minister, like that's great, but really you get the opportunity to really dive into yourself because that's what this work is. This is about you really uncovering everything about yourself and knowing yourself at a level that you've never known yourself before. And I, I was like, oh, <laughs> like, like goosebumps, right? Yeah. Are there any particular things that, uh, that the John Maxwell team talks about in that people could, you know, take a, an aha away from here of how to start that process of, uh, you know, for me, meditation has been great, but I'm curious if there's other ways that, that people can start looking at that. You know, I think, I think you're right. There's numerous ways to start the growth process for yourself. Um, I think a key for me and for the people I work with, and I talk to hundreds of team members around the world because that's part of my role within the team as retention manager, for one thing, and then also um, just connecting with team members in my network. And it's, it's taking that first step. And you know what it is. You know, you always know one thing in your life that you could do a little bit differently, a little bit better, a little bit more growth oriented. So it's, it doesn't have to, you know, we tend to get hung up on the fact that I don't know the plan because I don't know the next 85 steps. <laughs> and, you know, so I don't know what it's going to look like at the end. And, and that feels scary. But it's that next step. And if that next step is reaching out to someone like yourself, Thomas, and saying, hey, I need some help getting, you know, my self-awareness going, my financial awareness, whatever it is, if it's reaching out to someone like myself and saying, hey, you know what, I'm, I need some leadership training. I need some, um, some help in moving forward. If it's reaching out to someone like Greg and saying, hey, I just need some little nuggets, like half an hour a week sounds perfect to start with, where I'll get a taste and be able to find a way. Um, another opportunity that's coming up this in the next, I guess it's this week. On May 25th is the start of uh, Paul Martinelli's next free course. And I didn't mention the Think and Grow Rich course that I did in 16 days back in January. That was offered for free by them. So that's phenomenal value. <laughs> and, um, and they're doing one on the, the classic As a Man Thinketh. So right. that's another way that people could lean in to their own growth journey, to their own self-awareness journey and say, yeah, I'm just going to take the first step. I'm just going to have a, um, have a taste. And would you like me to give you the website for people to get information about that one? Yeah. You know, what we, actually what we could do is uh, I've tagged you on Facebook on this and then we can just share it in the comments there. And then, it's, and then it's crystallized for forever for people to go reference yeah, uh, and then, perfect. and then find their way back to it. So that would be great. Uh, so you said something really critical that I love, which is the one step. And, you know, I don't, let me ask you, do you have it all figured out? <laughs> oh my gosh. No, <laughs> not at all. Okay. And then what's my follow-up to that would be, are you worried about it? 
I'm not anymore. I used to be. Mm. Like, is it, see, isn't that when you can surrender to just, hey, this is the next thing I'm doing and whatever mm-hmm. shows up, I'm going to allow to show up and be with it. It's amazing, right? It is. It's so freeing and it's so empowering. And that's exactly what I've experienced over the last couple of years of real intensive growth. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm curious if you'd share, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an open book. I'm as, you know, I, I can be as vulnerable as anybody needs me to be, or as I want to be, of course. But what was there, uh, what was that, that thing that made you want to take your first step? Like what, what, you know, was there one defining thing that you were like, I've got, you know what, I'm sick of this. And usually that's what it is, is like people get to a point where they're, I, I'm not doing this anymore. And, and then they're willing to, to look at something. Was there something for you that was just like a, you know, a beacon of light, if you will? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think there's been several things along the way. Um, one was certainly just that, like, okay, something has to change. This is not going to work uh, for me. I, um, I have, um, I've raised six children. They're all adults. And I have four grandchildren. And um, over, you know, the beginning part of my growth journey, it was really spurred on by the fact that I was going to be the grandmother who didn't have the financial resources to go and be with her children and grandchildren who were busy spreading out all over the world. And you can imagine with six active (laughs) growing um, adults, that's what would happen. And um, I said, that's just not going to happen. I am not going to be in a position of not having the financial resources to live the lifestyle and be in the relationships and be with the people at the key times whenever I choose. And so that was a real defining realization for me. And um, I've been able to turn that around completely, uh, which is exciting. Another really key point, and this also relates to uh, my relationship with my kids, I had raised them in an environment that was pretty restrictive. And um, I had bought into a, a lifestyle with a lot of rules, a lot of judgment, a lot of feelings of guilt because I felt like somehow I was being taught and told that I was responsible to change myself and my kids and to to get everyone fixed and and, and it was always too much. I mean I always say that, you know, I, I, I might have been a real control freak parent if I hadn't had six kids, but after I had one or two, I knew I was not in control of anything. <laughs> and that taught me real quick that, that I needed to, that I couldn't do the, the fixing, the, the sorting out, the directing everybody. And then I realized that what I wanted more than anything else was the sort of relationship where each person had freedom to be themselves and that I could actually encourage that. And I ended up homeschooling my kids. I ended up homeschooling other people's kids. I had a really good incubator opportunity in my own home to really learn about relationship. And then a defining moment came just a a couple of three years ago, almost when I made a choice a very conscious choice between judgment and relationship. Hmm. A few months before that, I had been at another one of the turning point seminars. And the idea that I came away from the big thing that stuck with me out of all the teaching that time was this phrase, judgment is a dumb idea. 
And I'd been feeling the weight of so much judgment, self-judgment, self-criticism, you know, concern about am I doing what's right for my kids, for these kids? Am I directing them right? Am I, you know, are they, are they somehow not, you know, all of this pressure. And it was like, bing, judgment's a dumb idea. Why am I doing that to myself and to my family? And I'd already started that journey. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't a complete shift, but it was a uh, really important moment that got me thinking in a very serious way so that when I got the pop quiz a few, um, a few months later and I had one of my daughters on the phone telling me about a big life change she had to make that I knew would bring a lot of judgment down on her from the environment we had been in. I knew that I had to leave that environment in order to grow the relationships. And that was incredible. Mm. Wow. Thank you for, thank you for sharing that, Christine. That's huge. That's um, kind of goes along with what I said a little bit earlier, the surrender, you know, being able to just surrender with what is and what shows up. Uh, I recently, I've shared this on the, on the show before, but I recently read Michael Sigurd's, the surrender experiment. And, uh, you know, he talks about, he talks about that and, and I'll, I'll just share this quick story, you know, thank you for that because that for me is when we can, uh, give up the judgment of ourselves, like, Mm -hmm. especially there where we just beat ourselves up over stuff and we don't need to, like, you just don't need to do it right? There's assessing and there's like, Hey, making a choice. Like, I love what you said. You powerfully chose, you made a choice to do something different and to respond differently than had, than you had always in the past. And that's what there is to do, right? But I'll share this story. So in the surrender experiment, he talks about, he bought some land in Florida and I'll, I'll make it really quick, but he bought some land in Florida. He built a little place for himself to meditate and some people would show up once in a while and kind of meditate with them. And, uh, and this one person uh, showed up and she meditated with him on a daily basis. And he didn't really want that. Like he just wanted to be on his own, but he just surrendered to these people showing up and was just with it and allowed himself to be with it. And I think it went something like this. He went away for a period of time, like a, you know, a few weeks or, or a month or something doing some work. And he came back. And this person had decided that she wanted to have uh, a little place on his five acres of land. And she had started to clear an area to build a structure for her to live in. And he's like, he gets back and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, well, you know, I thought we were getting along so well and having such a great time meditating together. I just built something over here for, you know, for me to live in. And, you know, I won't be here forever, but I'll just be here for a while and we'll meditate and then, you know, life will move on. Right. And, and, and so he had, he had agreed with himself that he would surrender to whatever showed up. And so he surrendered to this. And I, and I, like, I have an acre and a quarter and I laugh about this. It's like, if I came home one day and somebody was building something on the lower part of my yard, like, would I be able to just go out and say, well, what's going on? And hey, great, you know, have at her. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, that's good. I digress. Uh, okay, so you gave us two things for the 15 laws of growth. Thank you for that. And I, I'm assuming if we want to know more about that, we can reach out to you. We can reach out to somebody on the John Maxwell team and really start to dive into the, the 15 laws of growth. What about a couple of things in the 21 refutable laws of leadership? Like that's, <laughs> that sounds awesome to me, right? Like that, that's like all of a sudden, 
you know, uh, me being the curious guy I am, I'm like, oh, I want to know what those are. What are they? Yeah, I'm going to have a harder time pulling out an actual law because it's been a bit longer since I've studied that one. Um, let me think for a minute. I, I know that one of, one of the really big principles, and it's not, a, I don't know if it's a specific law or if it's embedded within them, but something that John Maxwell teaches is the five levels of leadership. Okay. And, you know, the first level is positional leadership. You're a leader because you have a title of some sort, whether mm. it's, you know, manager or supervisor or um, whatever it is. And um, that's, that's just the beginning. And that's not uh, the higher levels of leadership. The highest one is influence, leadership by influence. You don't have to have a title. In fact, you might be, you know, the, the custodian uh, sweeping the floors, but you can be a level five leader of influence because of the way you live and the way you show up. And I love that, what you said at the beginning, Thomas, about showing up and how do I want to show up? How do I want to manifest the way I show up in my life uh, every day? And, uh, and that's, John is so strong on teaching us how to be leaders of influence in every, every walk of life. And we have people who join the John Maxwell team because they are growing a business that involves public speaking, coaching, training, or teaching or because they use that in their, in their professional, in their workplace or in a volunteer organization. Lots of ministers, lots of, um, of um, people using it in nonprofits, the resources, but also lots of parents who just recognize that they want to be leaders of influence within their families and within their own lives. People who just sign up because they say, you know what, leadership starts with me. And again, that's what John teaches us in the, in the laws of the leadership is um, if you can't lead yourself, and quite honestly, you're often the hardest person to lead. <laughs> I know I am. Then, um, then you know, you're, you're really not going to become a leader of influence. So those are some things that have really impacted me from John's teaching and really, really helped me. And he, he has 45 years of world-class content of actual experience training leaders around the world. And I'll tell you one quick story of how this sort of interfaces with, with the world. Uh, John John has uh, several organizations, the John Maxwell team being, being one of them. And, um, of course, he does his own um, speaking engagements all over the world. He's the highest paid non-celebrity public speaker right now. So when he's flown in to speak at a corporation, I mean, he speaks and, and um, it's, it's pretty powerful. Um, but one of the things that he has that started to accumulate is invitations from heads of state. We, as a combination of his um, company and his team, have done trips, we call them transformation trips, into uh, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Paraguay. Um, I think those are the three so far. He has another like 20 invitations on his desk from heads of state around the world who's saying, we need this. And this is a team, he takes a team of his certified coaches into these countries for a week period. So 250 coaches under the leadership of John Maxwell, meeting with um, the heads of state, the government officials, the heads of, of um, the church, the nonprofits, and the business world, bringing transformational training to them, who then, of course, take it back into their job places, into their communities. And these countries are actually seeing transformation as a result. Uh, one story I just heard that gives me goosebumps is um, 
oh, and I, I think it's Guatemala. It was one of those three countries that they were recently back in, and every grade six student in that country was receiving his um, youth training in leadership as, wow. you know, as, and so talk about transformation. And they had a testimony from a, um, from a, from a, a young girl who stood up and said, I am committed to following through and bringing transformation uh, to my country. So pretty, pretty incredible stuff happening um, in all sorts of levels with the team. Yeah, that's huge. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you, um, you touched on something this morning I shared on, on my Instagram uh, limiting beliefs. So mm -hmm. I, I call them on limiting beliefs versus empowering beliefs. And so there were six examples and one of them, which was my, my favorite today. So, you know, I, I asked people to let me know which one resonated most with them. And the one that resonated most with me was the limiting belief is life happens to me or an empowering belief to flip that on its head is life happens for me. Ah, right. Like to, to and so yeah. when you talked about leading your life, it's like, it's like, yeah, like, let's start there. Let like, if you just want to make one change in your life, just start with leading your own life and allowing mm -hmm. you to make conscious choices and decisions. And you know what? It's, it's not the easy thing to do. There's so many days that stuff comes at me. You know, I manage people's finances. I look at the stock market on a daily basis. Every morning stuff is happening that I have zero control over. And so sometimes there's fires, right? There's like, there's damage control, there's fires and life seems like it's coming at me. And one of the principles that I've put in place is having a morning practice that I do every morning that I get done regardless of what's going on. And it's like my little victory, right? Mm -hmm. I get to start every one of my days with a win. I'm curious on a couple of things. One is there is there anything like that that you do for yourself on a daily basis that that sort of has you fire up the day? And then I want to talk a little bit about homeschooling because we homeschooled our kids for our twins for a while and now they're they're in public school. But do you have do you have something that that jumps out at you that you do on a daily basis that keeps you sort of grounded and moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I'm like you. I I established a morning uh, routine that has, I was just saying to uh, one of my kids um, this morning that, you know, it, it's, it's like, it's hard not to do it now. It's become that, uh, you know, it's, it's like, and, and I actually had a day this week where um, we are, we're just on Tuesday, aren't we? So it must've been yeah. yesterday <laughs> where I had um, for, um, for, the reasons of travel of one of my kids had been up very late on Sunday night. And I had actually done my Monday morning routine very, very early <laughs> after midnight, but prior to um, going to sleep, just to give me that. And when I woke up, I still felt that, Oh, I need to do it. And it's like, Oh, and I was, it was good that I had, but yeah, it's, um, it's like, I can't not do it. So that's become very important to me. And I, I think it's like you said, Thomas, it's, it's a victory every morning. It's a mindset. Um, check-in and reset and you know I can wake up some mornings feeling anxious and then realize that no it's like you said life is going to happen by design it is happening by design everything I have in my life today I did create in some way 
Mm. And that, that can be very sobering when things aren't going the way I feel like they, I want them to. But it's also very empowering because if that's the case, and I believe it is, then I can change that every day, every minute of every day. So, um, so yes, absolutely. My morning routine. And I'm just starting to work on developing the habit so it's as embedded for my evening routine. Because I know that that's another thing that John Maxwell teaches is, is having bookends to your day mm -hmm. that uh, really provide that grounding. So I'm not there yet on the evening one. I still right. run up against just being too tired to function and I've worked right up to the last minute and I got to get a handle on that. But I'm making yeah. progress <laughs> one uh, step at a time. <laughs> I, have a, I have a good friend in my, uh, in my men's group, um, Tim Begley. He owns uh, Positive Shift uh, here on the West Coast and works with people on, uh, on just, you know, improving their health and their bodies and their mm -hmm. eating and all of that. So he's like, he's, he's amazing. And, and he's actually talked about that for a while is, you know, Hey, you may have a morning routine, but do you have a bedtime routine? Do you have a nighttime? And one of his things is turning off all devices, all Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. His, he actually has his Wi-Fi on a timer so that it goes off at oh. a certain time every night. And then <laughs> there, there is no internet. Like the devices stop functioning, right? There's no, there's nothing he can do. The it's off. And that's his, that's his like, okay, I now start the process of winding myself down to go to bed so that I can get a good night's sleep. Cause he's really all a lot about the, uh, the blue light, uh, uh, yeah. right. And the, and the, the taxing on the melanoma that it does. Uh, I don't know. I don't know all the science around it, but that's something that he's done a fair bit of research on. And so for him, the nighttime routine is equally as important as the bedtime. And I do not have a nighttime routine. So I'll, <laughs> I'll be clear right now. My morning is dialed in. My yep. nighttime is a gong show. So yeah, well, I'm with you. So I'm working on it. One step at a time, Thomas. We'll just take that first little step, right? Right. Tim, help me. Help me, Tim, please. please. <laughs> uh, so homeschooling, what, did like did you all of your children from what grade on did you take that on i'd love to know <laughs> i homeschooled all of my children um they all went to high school at one point or another so um most of them with uh at grade 9 um the first two were a bit later in high school before they went we had a a, a somewhat unstable set of years um with some adventures some moving some going back to school um we actually were involved with church planting in St. Louis for a while. So we had an internet, a couple of international moves in the sort of in the course of when our children were very young and we were having babies and all of that. So, so um, there was a lot going on and homeschooling was a real blessing for me from the point of view that it was a real stabilizing factor and it gave me a lot of time with my kids. I'm not at all of the opinion that homeschooling is for everyone for all time, but I am very glad that I had the opportunity to spend that time um, through some pretty critical years with my kids because it laid a foundation that then allowed me to transition into more, I think more easily into the uh, relationship, non-judgment and really becoming very, you know, best friends with my adult children. Um, so it's, it's, it's been, um, I, I'm really glad that it unfolded that way. I obviously had some challenges. Um, well, what doesn't have yeah, challenges? Yeah, exactly. Right? What doesn't? 
you know. And, and I mean, it wouldn't be a growth thing if it if it didn't. So, uh, two other aspects of that that were pretty unique and pretty special. One are because of our move to St. Louis and the fact that we uh, went to school there. We went to seminary. Um, we had four four little ones when we went down there, the oldest being six. So I was just starting homeschooling at that time. That was a really great environment for me to, um, to get my feet wet with homeschooling. There was a lot of support. And, um, but what was particularly rich about that whole experience is that we had the incredible privilege of working cross-culturally. We met an um, African-American family who lined up very closely with us in terms of number of children and ages. And, um, and we got to work with them for eight years uh, in, uh, in ministry. And that was where I really had my eyes open to relationship and the deficit in my own life and the growth that I wanted to see. And I'm just always, always grateful for how that unfolded. And, and um, you know, eventually, after eight and a half years, we did return to Canada. We are Canadians. And uh, that was all good, too. But it, that was a very rich time and a very good time for me to be homeschooling our children as, you know, we had lots of moves and lots of shifts and lots of things going on. But then uh, when we came back, I, uh, I was still homeschooling our kids, and that's when I was approached. Actually, um, one of my nieces had uh, just reached kindergarten age, and her, her father, my, um, my husband's brother-in-law, was jokingly one day, they were deciding whether to send her to private school or public school, and he jokingly said, oh, We'll just send her to Christine and she'll homeschool her. And uh, my youngest was just a year younger than my niece. And um, there was a gap between her and her, the, the next one up, my, my youngest son. And uh, I said, you know, I would consider that. I think that would be really good for Heather. And um, that's what we ended up doing. And then partway into that journey, uh, we, I got a call from a friend, a longtime friend who was actually a high school teacher who was planning to homeschool her son. And um, she said, I, I, it's not going to work out. Will you homeschool him? And that was a completely different question. You know, it's one thing with your niece who you know and love Family's and her family. One thing, right? But the, the son of a friend who's a high school teacher, I'm not a, a, a you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just me. <laughs> And, uh, but it, it became, um, we ended up, I ended up homeschooling um, 11 other children. What? From, or 11, yeah, 11 other children from four or five different families over the course of the next nine years. And so we, um, again, just a phenomenal opportunity and incubator to really work on relationship and really, um, you know, I would, we'd stop everything. Academics are really important to me. And I knew that they needed those tools and that I had a responsibility to make sure that they got the basics, but we would stop everything if there was a hurting heart in the room. And this is what I had learned from our time in St. Louis. And I said, guys, we'll get back to the schoolwork and it's really important. And, you know, no, this is not <laughs> a holiday, but we need to take stop and take care of these relationships because we are the, the most at one time with nine children, um, full time, uh, spanning nine grades, I think. <laughs> wow. And I said, we have to take the time. We're together every day in this, you know, s small environment. And we did. And uh, it laid a really great foundation for myself that I am um, very grateful for. Wow. So, that was my homeschooling journey. <laughs> that is amazing. 
And so a couple things. One is I didn't know that was the depth of your homeschooling. We briefly touched on it when we, when we talked. So thank you for that. And thank you for, for just doing that work. Um, like that, that to me is huge. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know the, about the ministry, ministry path. So of course I'm curious yeah. what, what that looked like. Uh, but, but, but before we dive into any of that, any of, of that deeper stuff, I, I want to just talk a little bit about the, uh, the idea of homeschooling and, and the relationship part, because what you said, you said something that was really critical for me. And I had a brief experience, like, yes, my wife did the bulk of the homeschooling. So Leslie is really responsible for that. There was a period of time where the girls played uh, ice hockey and they, it was an all girls ice hockey league. So, and I coached and I was actually sharing this story recently with somebody that, one of the greatest gifts that I ever gave myself was actually taking that on Mm. because kids keep it real. (laughs) Right. And, and what I mean by that is there's no, like they haven't fully learned manipulation. They haven't fully learned how to deceive or how to figure out how to get their way around stuff when they're, when they're young enough. And so they just lay it on the line and they just, they ask straight questions. They can tell when you're full of it. Like, <laughs> you know, so I, I kind I totally get what you're saying that it was uh, a real incubator for yourself. Yeah. Right. In terms of dealing with human beings and then being able to take that out into the world. And I love what you said about, you know, having a moment where if there was a, was it a heavy heart? Is that how you put it? Yeah. A hurting heart. A hurting heart. And, and things stop. And that's what doesn't happen in the day-to-day of, of the school system, mm. right? Where, where that can be addressed. And, uh, and it sounds like your, like your home school was kind of like the little house on the prairie. <laughs> school. It was quite that idyllic. <laughs> no, no, but, but what I mean is like, what I mean is that, is that it's the one room schoolhouse. You yeah, have, you it have really was, yeah. A six-year-old with mm-hmm. a 15-year-old who mm-hmm. can learn from the 15 year old. And so you're actually getting, as opposed to now, when I look at school now and it, I get why it's set up the way it is, but it's a whole bunch of seven year olds in one class and mm-hmm. there's no leadership to learn because what is a seven year old going to teach another seven year old? Yeah. Whereas when they're actually in a, an environment where there's different age groups, they get to see and, and learn how to socialize with those different age groups. Cause that's what real life, like when we get out of the work world, <laughs> that's what it's like, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, it was, um, yeah, what you're saying is, is absolutely right. It was a, it was a very real life sort of environment for those kids because they were interacting not just with same age peers, but um, with a, uh, and one of the very interesting things that happened was I had two children that had, um, um, that had some special learning needs. One was speech delayed and one was, um, had a central processing challenge so that he just get very, he's just, he's absolutely brilliant. He's now in high school, but he would just get completely overwhelmed uh, by input. So it was very difficult for him in a, in a classroom setting. And, um, there was a, um, they were, I think three or four years age difference. The older one being um, a very petite little girl 
and the younger one being a um, you know quite tall um, boy. So they were actually the same size, and they were in many ways just absolute best of friends and so good for each other because they played and they, they had a play environment that they could trust the other person. And it was pretty amazing watching that relationship develop and feed both of them and, um, and uh, you know, meet them where they were at. So, so yeah. And, you know, it was funny because I remember one day they were both real little, um, you know, probably grade three in kindergarten. And, um, oh, I can't remember. Oh, the little girl, I think, said, I'm, pr I'm pretty short. My whole family's short. And the um, um, <laughs> little boy comes from a tall family said, well, that's okay. We're the same height, so we're all short. <laughs> and it was just so good to hear, you know, that affirmation and that acceptance and that that's just the way we are. Yeah, yeah. And to that's... be able to really foster that. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, as I say, it had some major challenges. When it was time to move on, we knew it was time to move on. Everybody moved on well, I think. <laughs> but, awesome. uh, but yeah, that's fantastic. Hey, uh, I want to, uh, cause I know we're starting to, we're starting to run up against the clock. Uh, so one of the things that I shared in your bio was the, uh, their full potential and experience and, and experience abundance. And I'm curious, I have my own definition of abundance. I'm curious what your definition of abundance might look like. You know, I struggled with this for a long time because I, um, well, I told you one of the reasons for my beginning my growth journey was the realization that my financial stability that I needed or then the financial resources that I desired for the lifestyle I was looking to have simply weren't there and weren't going to be there if I continued on that route. Um, but I also had been in an environment where there was a tremendous amount of guilt at just even expressing a desire for money, let alone wealth and riches. And um, so it was a real struggle for me to get to a point in my life where I could say, you know what, I'm talking about financial <laughs> wealth. I'm talking about, like, yes, money doesn't buy happiness, but, you know, I'd rather face struggle. And as you said, Thomas, we will face struggle. I quite honestly rather face it with money than without it money. I've done both. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, That's well put. And, well played. And, <laughs> so abundance in a full orb sense, but I don't want to shy away for one second anymore at saying that includes financial abundance mm -hmm. and really thanking you for the work you do and that you bring forward in terms of helping people and helping families. And I've realized just recently that my definite purpose as I, um, and I, I think it comes out to some extent in, the, in my bio there, but also um, it's, it's, I've tweaked it a little. And I would say it this way now, that my definite purpose is to create and connect people with learning environments in which they're inspired and equipped to build and manage wealth. Because I've come to realize through my own experience that if I don't have that, there's just so many, so, uh, so, what's the way, way to say it? There's fewer choices to a huge extent. Yeah. And uh, abundance to me means choices. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's really full orb. So yeah, abundance in relationships and emotions and spiritual life, all of that. But yeah, but, I'm yeah, talking about financial, <laughs> financial wealth. Yeah, I'll I'm I'll back you up on that. Like for me, abundance is 
uh, all areas of my life I want to be abundant, including the flow as I, uh, you know, one of the things I'm grateful for that I write down as one of my gratitudes uh, is, you know, I am grateful for the flow of cash through all of my money and investment accounts. Like I'm like, bring it on. And I'm committed to doing good things with it as well. Yes. And and sharing as much as uh, I can of everything I create in my life. And like I said, off the top, you know, when I uncover stuff, I have to share. Like I, I'm just not somebody that can keep yeah. it on the rug and like hoard it to myself. I must share what I uncover, and um, and, I, and I'm a you know I believe fully in in sharing uh, the the financial wealth that I have. I, I give on a on a weekly basis to uh, to causes, and um, and I will continue to do so because I believe that's all part of the flow, the flow yeah. in and the flow out. And yeah. uh, and you know it took me a long time to learn that. Like it. Yeah that is a painful lesson to go through. And I've, you know, I've, I've suffered uh, as a musician, I suffered with money and thought that being poor was somehow a great thing. And, you know, living on $5 a day was to be, you know, uh, championed and Hey, I've done that. And, um, and to your point, I, I would rather deal with, deal with challenges with money than uh, deal with challenges without it. So. Yeah. As Zig Ziglar said, money is in everything, but it's a pretty close second to oxygen. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to living life. Well, it's, just, it's the way our society is structured. It's just the yeah. way it is, right? You know, we exactly. need, it's we a tool actually, that we need a tool. Beautiful. That's one of the things I always stand on is that money is just a tool and you, you know, you can use it in a lot of different ways and uh, and so that's that's part of what I'm out to cause, and and it's it's so awesome that you're with the John Maxwell team teaching because clearly that is a calling for you just based on the fact that you ended up homeschooling all of these kids and, <laughs> uh, and teaching along the way and learning like you're it's clear to me you are a life learner, Christine, and uh, and I want to thank you. I, I'm going to wrap up the show because we're just over we're just over an hour now, but thank you so much uh, for joining me today. How can somebody get a hold of you directly, the easiest way? Uh, so absolutely by email, Christine. My name is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E at johnmaxwellteam.com. Pretty simple, Christine at johnmaxwellteam.com. And if you have forgotten that and you need to get a hold of her, uh, it's here on Facebook. You can also reach out to me. The best way is uh, I, I love to send people to my Instagram, Thomas underscore to shooter. You can send me, a, you can DM me there. You can DM me on Facebook if you want. I'll get you in touch. And again, thank you so much for, for being here today and for sharing your wisdom and uh, your life experience for all of our listeners and I've certainly taken, you know, some things with 15 laws of growth, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. Judgment is a dumb idea. Those <laughs> are just, uh, you know, some of my takeaways from today. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. you too. Thank you, Thomas. All right. A huge thanks to today's guest and to you for being a part of the show. Now, if any of the ideas or stories did strike a chord with you, then I'd be honored if you would just take a quick moment to do a couple of things. One, if something in particular did resonate with you and you feel like it would make a difference in the lives of others, then please go ahead and share this through your social media channels. We'd like that very much. And two, if you are feeling compelled to join in on our ever-growing Bloom Living conversation, then hit the subscribe button and we'll show up every time there is a new episode available. You know, 
It's not only my goal, but it's the goal of our entire Bloom Living team and community to be the very change that we want to see in the world. All ideas begin with a conversation, first with yourself and then with others. So we welcome your voice and we ask that you send along any comments, thoughts, or questions. This is Thomas DeShooter, Bloom Living. I don't want to turn your stomach fast I don't want to get all mired and tight Sentiment Don't think I've found me a pocket here There's bad bones stolen 